by fevers and chills in turn, and he had developed a persistent, racking cough. So, yeah, Devo, da, Devos. Devos? Ayo, hey, oh, hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of Brotherhood Without Manners, your favorite full spoiler reread podcast of George R.R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice Fire series, reading A Storm of Swords. As always, I'm your host, Zach, sitting here with me in this booth right now. My brother, Nate. I'm Nate. That's He's me. Nate. And we are here. So if you have joined us before, thank you for coming back. If you have not been here, we are full spoiler. So if you've not read past this point, you might want to do so before you listen. Otherwise, you'll be spoiled. There's your warning. Don't blame us. Last episode, we read Tyrion 1. Tyrion? And it was a really good chapter. Yeah. We got to see some of the venom and vitriol between... Tywin and Tyrion Lannister. Yeah. And they're both terrible fucking people. Yeah. And so that's basically what we got from it. He woke up. He was... Reunited with Bronn. With Bronn. Podrick helped him to Tywin, where Tywin refused to give him Casterly Rock. Said he would be given something suitable his name. But, yeah, pretty pretty standard shit. Yeah. This episode... Dun-dun. We're reading... Dun-dun. My boy... Dun, dun. Davos the Onion Knight. You thought he was dead. No, you probably didn't, but that's okay. Yeah, last we left Davos, he was floating down a river toward a flaming fucking chain of death. Yeah, so... In the Battle of Blackwater. He had been blown off his ship because he was in, like, the third row. Yeah, Black and, Yeah, it was, it was not looking too good for his the Onion Knight. His sons were around him. It was just a shit show, and yeah, Davos was left... Grabbing a piece of driftwood and floating down toward the chain, which had been risen across the ga- uh, the bay, and a bunch of ships had caught fire and were collecting there, and that's where he was drifting. This, so, do you? I have a question quickly because of how George prefaced this book with the continuity thing. Do you think this moment here is also coinciding with the Jamie uh, release, the Catelyn capture, and? Even Tyrion, yeah, yeah, this yeah, is yeah, all absolutely. simultaneously. Yeah, I don't think he's been here too terribly long. Well, I think Tyrion might be a bit ahead, but I think that this might be around the similar time. Maybe it's a little bit before Catelyn and and Jamie's chapters. Honestly, mm, I don't think so. You think uh, the uh, word's gotten out and he's been on the on this little rock for that long? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, long enough to be suffering some severe obby. Issues, yeah. So we begin Davos 1 with Davos watching a sail. He had been watching it for a very long time, deciding whether he would sooner live or die. And so we're going to pull back out a little bit. Davos survived the Battle of Blackwater and found himself, uh, barely survived, and found himself awakening upon a little tiny spire of rock that juts out of the Blackwater. So he's been here a while, and now we pick up in the current present, because Davos does a lot of reflecting in this chapter, of him watching a ship approaching on the horizon. Yeah, this is a very interesting chapter, because the way Martin has, it's just one man on a fucking rock. It's the castaway, or I am legend of this Yeah, there's a, like, there's a term for it in media, where it's just put one or two characters in a room and see if they're strong enough to carry the scene by themselves. Right, right. Davos absolutely is, because I love this chapter. Yeah, so th- we're going to get a lot of, like, survivor's guilt shit going on here and a lot of reflecting on why he doesn't deserve, but I feel like already at this point, 
he's kind of got it set in stone that he knows he's he's going to kill Melisandre. Like oh, that, I don't think like, he knows at this point. I really, I think he does. I think he's lost when we pick up first. I think at this point because he knows that he has to wait for the ship to get close enough to see him anyway, and why waste strength? But that he's no, I guess I'm jumping to conclusions there. That's... Yeah, I think in, he's lost when he. It, yeah, in, yeah, yeah. In, yeah. In, There's a big journey here. I mean, we're the whole in chapter, his head. So. There really isn't much debate. He thinks yeah, death yeah. would be easier. For days, the fever had burned through him, turning his bowels to. Sh- fucking liquid water and nasty nasty stuff and each day he woke weaker and weaker and he would tell himself it won't be long now yeah it's so fucking dark he's dying and so if it's not the fever then it's gonna be the thirst that kills him right and he's he's fucking rainwater is his only fresh water on this spire because he's in the middle of the sea well blackwater bay but right and the rainwater is scarce enough it'll collect in puddles he's drank them pretty much dry though and yeah because the last one was three or maybe four days ago he, it was hard to keep track of time out here but he also knows that drinking the seawater is certain death right suicide and i just think it's interesting because that's obvious like that's not something that's oh wow he noticed yeah. that i just think it's this very gruesome way of saying I'm going to kill myself. This is suicide by drinking seawater. Once he was tempted enough to actually crawl down and go for a sip, but a sudden squall had changed that idea, so the water came up and hit him in the face and kind of, oh, yeah, no, don't, don't do that. If it wasn't thirst, it would be starvation. Nothing grew on his little rock spire here. There were a few small crabs that he could grab when the tide receded, but they were few and far between as he smashed them and sucked all the, the innards out. Yeah, yeah. And... He noticed, like, looking around, that there's other rocks out there and that some of them probably have more wildlife. There was one with seagulls circling above it, and he thinks, I could go raid their nests for eggs. But he also knows that the the currents are strong here. The tides the are... Cold. yeah, like, And he doesn't have nearly enough strength to swim that far because it might look within distance, but is it really within distance? Right. And especially when you're swimming against those fucking... The tides. Davos then notes that it's autumn, and autumn is often wet and rainy. The days aren't so bad as long as the sun is out, but the nights are cold and windy. And Davos is assaulted at night by fevers and chills in turn, and he had developed a persistent racking cough. So, yeah, Devos. Devos? Devos. Davos has fever running through him. At night, the the weather's starting to turn, so it's starting to get cold, so he's that hot, cold. He's dying on this rock. He's now got a racking cough that's just... He is sick. Right. This man is sick. Yeah, thirst, hunger, exposure, they were his companions. Sooner or later, one of his friends would take pity on him and free him of this misery. Holy shit. He's come to know them as friends, he thinks. And they're like, the only companions he These has. are the only things that remind me that I'm sane, that I'm actually alive and, like, my stomach ringing in pain and the, you know, my skin melting away. Those are... I've They're familiar, so, like... Yeah, he doesn't have a volleyball to name Wilson. Right. Yeah. He's losing his shit. Or maybe he would just walk out into the sea, start swimming north toward where he knew Dragonstone to be. He's a sailor. He's been meant to die at sea. The gods beneath the waves have been waiting for me. It is past time I went to them. Yeah. 
So I'm going to be bringing that up very soon. I want to get to a certain part in this chapter sure. before I bring that specific thing up. But he, but uh, just now, he once a... again, before he goes too far, he mentions, uh, you know, he's he's still confused about the time. It's hard to tell. It's been three or four days out here. He can't remember. Yeah. But yeah, he starts to think. But now there's a ship. There's hope. There's there's something on the horizon, and it's just a speck, but it is growing larger. If he wants to. And then he thinks a ship where no ship should be. These spires are well known to any sailor worth his salt, and it's also well known that most of them lurked treacherously just below the waves, and so they were called the Spears of the Merling King, and any sailor worth his salt knew not to come here. So, right there, there's your hint. They're looking for survivors. Right. This is this is a, a salvage crew, and we know, and Davos knows, but cleverly doesn't think it until the very end that... It's a Lenisi painted ship. So these are the Lenisi out there looking for survivors of Blackwater Bay. And I just think it's interesting the way it's slowly pieced together that there's a ship here where no ship should be. And, you know, why would they be here other than right. a salvage Rescuing crew? Yeah. Hello, hiding. is there anyone alive out there? <laughs> and so watching the sail, Davos can tell that they are heading his way. And unless they drastically changed course, they would pass within hailing distance of his little yeah. rock. But at this point, he starts thinking of his children. It might mean life if he wanted it, but why should I live? Yeah, he, and this is where, as I mentioned at the beginning, he's going to start really thinking about that survivor's guilt, not being aware of it, but he sh a father shouldn't outlive his sons. Yeah. And that's not an uncommon theme by any means in this book alone like these stories but in literature in general you know so right. it's not surprising that he's having those thoughts and feelings especially since he still technically hasn't survived from the battle yet right yeah, he is out here struggling dying, for life yeah. and not sure that even if he can that he wants it because what's he got to go back to right now he thinks he only all he's thinking of right now is what he's lost not what he still has or what he still has yet to accomplish. Dale and Allard, Merrick and Mathos, perhaps Devon as well. How can a father outlive so many strong young sons? How would I go on? I am a hollow shell. The crab has died. There's nothing left inside. So he's similar to Cat here. Yeah, yeah. The, the loss of the children, the absolute... I was not meant to live longer than my children like they should have buried me not the other way around type thing and i mean not that either of them have corpses to bury at the current moment but, right but and he thinks uh he recalls the battle here we get the very yes. detailed description of him on back uh black Betha, uh pretty much yeah and as you said in the third row with his sons beside him up the black water rush the massive explosion being in the water, the chain coming up at him. But then, and then we get it, a little extra. It comes into sort of a real time. Because yeah. that was Davos's final chapter from Clash of Kings, and it ended there. As he was floating towards the chain and the, the boats all clustered and on fire against it. And it continues, and he dives. And dives. And fucking Well, dives. as he was floating toward the burning ships, it immediately set in this... this mindset he's in because he thought all he had to do was nothing and he would be with his sons again so he immediately as soon as he's in the water knows that his sons are dead 
from class. Because he saw that. And, right. He knows that they were wearing armor. And so, and, and right. Not, so even yeah. if they're in the water, they're going to sink and drown. And so he's already thinking, I could just give myself, hit this chain and right. go right into the wildfire and just die. But instinct kind of takes right. over. Right. Yeah, yeah, or... absolutely. Instead, he gulped and went underwater, swimming hard for the bay. He saw other men being pulled underwater by their heavy un- armor. He swam deeper and deeper and eventually starts making out the bottom of Blackwater Bay. Yeah. He needed air and begins to panic, and in doing so, kicks up a lot of mud and makes it harder and harder to see, gets all spun around, and he starts kicking, and he goes to scream, and water rushed into his mouth, and Davo Seaworth knew that he was drowning. And next he knew, he wakes up on his island. Right. Next to a mast, a sail, and a bloated corpse. And Davos wakes up and gets up, and High Tide took the, the rest of the bloated corpse and the, all the rest out to sea with him. Now, this is where I wanted to bring up those other things that I had started bringing up. He keeps on mentioning this three or four days. There's one other person we know who was lost at sea. Mr. Patchface. For three days. And then washed ashore. Yeah, do you think he's a servant of the drowned god? After reading this chapter, fucking yes. And him saying it's Holy time shit. I give myself to so them. So that and then there's the moment, and I'm going to jump up here a lot just for the sake of this, especially because this style of chapter is just so strange. He he jokes about if he dies here, maybe they will name these after him. Yeah, Onion Rock. But it's currently the Merlin, like the Merlin yeah, King yeah, yeah, right. Spears. Like, and that was, so far it's to be this godly... Too you know, connotation. It's named this, but now I am the spear. The onion knight is the onion is the spear of the Merlin King. I am the weapon. That was immediately where I was going to is the two main gods. I mean we get mention of the seven, but it's Rolor. Well I think that's his mistake. And well that's that's he's the red herring here is we get Rolor imagery and talk but prominent I mean like it's hard to ignore how much drowned god imagery is so, in this chapter. It's... I I think it's so funny because I he's so certain that he follows the seven, right? And in his mind he does, but in his fucking heart he's always been a servant of the drowned gods. He's always like not necessarily the way that the Greyjoys see them, but the worshiping the sea and the you know knowing the ocean and that's where yeah, his he belongs. Right. And so of all places he's having the the rebirth that Reek tried to have with Victarion that didn't quite go over as well as he'd want. It was kind of lame. Right. But this is like that legitimate rebirthing, kind of what Victarion himself had. Right, like, right, right. Yeah, he drowned. Rebirthing. He actually he, did drown. He's da- Davos fucking Seaworth. He knows that he drowned. And right. And that's the interesting part is Martin specifically makes a, a Bold Davos Seaworth knew he was drowning, and then he's out. And next, he knows he comes to consciousness. Like, how long? Right. Three days, like you said, Maybe like Patrice, right? And so, just the what happened in that right. indeterminable amount of time? Did he just die and fly? Why up? is that body? Who supposedly is probably doing similar stuff as you? So bloated. So and Davos another on point shore, I not to make is at one point as he's kicking in his panic he feels something grab him yes and he doesn't Mer- look is it a merfolk because he, he thinks it might be another man drowning or just a fish, fish bumping something. him or but right is it someone guiding him is it a servant of right. the ground gods to some like holy shit this... and then the net because he as he's thinking you know maybe they'll name this after me he thinks my legacy in my tombstone 
He deserved no more than that. The father protects his children, the Septon said. Davos led his to the fire. Now, did he... Because if he's now a servant of the, the, the drowned gods... He led them to their deaths, but watery deaths. Well, right. Except for the explosion. Well, like that's drown. what I'm saying is Melisandre would have us believe that fire cleanses. But right. if Davos unwillingly is a servant of the drowned god, they should have drowned. And if they didn't, if they burned, that's literally the opposite of drowning. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's blasphemous. So is that going to be something Davos learns, that his afterlife will not include his children because they didn't have the they were burned death. right and so they're not in the drowned god's watery halls they're in some burning eternal hell with rolor as far gra- as we yeah, know right, yeah, yeah. right as far as this ecology that we're defining it here as which right, it seems right. to be and he also thinks that how can i he goes on how can i live when they are dead so many brave and noble men dead Better than me in Highborn. So, again, we get that association of just Highborn makes you better. Just Right, that could do things. Right. Which, and, you know, as for full spoiler, we know he's on a mission to save fucking Rickon Stark. Woo! This guy has shit to accomplish yet. Mm-hmm. He gets fucking uh, Storm out onto the boat, not Gendry from the show. I can't help but think of Lost uh, here. Edric Storm. Edric Storm, him, yeah. Uh, gets him out. He, like, he is doing He becomes Stannis' hand. He gets them north to the wall. Right. right. And then back south, he's with the Mandarin. Like, holy fuck. Yeah. All the stuff that Davos yeah, I can't. I can't help but think of Lost here with John Locke when there's a scene where he's told we have work to do and that's what davos gets here is oh we have i have work to do there's there's something i still need to accomplish yet and that's one of the most powerful motivating factors is my work isn't finished that's how ghosts are made people (laughs) so he begins to just shit on himself again saying you're a smuggler like you should have died it should have been you go back in your cave let, let the ship pass. Just let it go and die. Hide, smuggler. Hide and be quiet and die. And that that's it. The, sh- the sail is almost upon him, and then it will pass him, and he can die in peace. Dude, that line right there. Just that. He thinks he... It would be the Oh, that's least some kind of hell, death. right? Like, there is no peace in that. And... He knows it. That's why he gets the fuck up and starts crawling. He grubs but... for his neck pouch and the f- realizes that it's gone. And he thinks the fire... Do you think we'll ever see it again? I think it was a gift to the watery god. Oh, like a... Kind of like his... This is what you give right. up and... He gave up his lock to kind of become this champion. This spear, if you will. Uh, yeah, he thinks... Trident. The fire took my lock as well as my son's. In his dreams, the river was still aflame, and demons danced on it as men burned and blackened under their lashes. So I think this is some some PTSD flashbacks. Some of the, hardcore PTSD. He's seeing the, the water above him as people actually were burning, and, like, it's brutal. God, that's a brutal image. Davos weeps and begins praying to the mother for her mercy, saying that the fire took it all. So, right here... I have to draw the comparison to our prologue POV of Chet. Yeah. The fire took all from Davos while the The snow snow took took all from Chet. And boy, what a dangerous mindset that is to be in because Chet also was planning some murders. And Davos is going to be on a vengeance quest here 
this book. But he, man. But it's that blaming. That can, yeah, this yeah, yeah. Fire, snow took it all from me. It's that, and it's repeated so much. Arya with King's Landing, and Tyrion later with King's Landing. These places, these things, these images, these symbols took it all from me, and now. Straight up, that is Davos. That's one of his foundations in this rebirth. Fire took it all. Right. Melisandre is, took it all. Took it all. And I just, it's dark. It's dangerous. We saw what happened to Chet, how that broke him. The snow took it all. He was ready to go, slit Sam's throat. And the only, only thing that prevented that was something that hasn't occurred in hundreds of years. The others right, showing up. Right. Davos is on that same path. And I think that's the point well, that of we, the POV of Chet. We is... know magic is reemerged in the world from the end of Clash is what we had kind of put our stakes on right. to was a big point of the book. And so why wouldn't it also be activating here in the ocean? So that's the interesting thing, I think, as well. Chet, scumbag, idolizes Craster, thinks Snow took it all for, from him. So his side, logically, would be fire. Davos... Someone we all love, I mean, (laughs) don't at me, but has been told, you know, we're told he's a decent man in what you can be in this world. Sure, he, he, you know, maybe has has some infidelity, right. But he's good, and he hates the fire and sort of favor, we would assume then, favors the ice. And so are we being subtly told, here's the battle lines, and people are are choosing sides. And it's subtle, it's hap, but Chet, we know, is fire. Uh, Bran and Summer, we know Melisandre thinks are the great other. So that would be ice. Like, it's, the battle lines are being drawn for everyone, and Davos just shows a side here. And I have to assume that the drowned god would be against fire and so if he's resurrected in this for this capacity to like is the drowned god making a play here of getting rolor's servants out of the way is is there that deeper puppet string mastery happening here yeah that's it's deep shit i mean it's obvious like that's end game stuff where we'll learn if the gods are actually puppeteering right, and having champions, yeah, yeah, but yeah. that's what it seems like, is Davos has been, you know, select your fighter, and Davos Seaworth got chosen. So. Right, right, number one. Here we go. But he, uh... He starts climbing the fucking well, rock. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, because maybe it's the wind, or because oh, he's oh, praying Jesus to the mother. Christ, yeah. Maybe it's the wind, or the sound of the sea, but Davos hears her answer, the mother, he thinks. You called the fire. You burned us, and then it's all creepy, and us... But so a lot of this, this is guilt. I think it's just guilt and and the hallucination part of it. I don't think that there's too much. Like I, I would agree, this is PTSD. Yeah, survivor's just guilt. The, him. Yeah, trying to urge himself not to kill himself. It's him figuring. Which for anyone who hasn't experienced it, like this is pretty close. But where you just feel like you're being, especially we are saying and, that it's the servant of the sea. Right, he's well. So, and, and, and he so, needs like, a boot in the ass. You, one of your favorite people on the planet, Osha, has stated that when Bran was praying to the old gods, the wind 
was them talking. Right. If True. we're claiming Davos is now a servant, then why wouldn't the wind? Why be wouldn't talking? the sea, the literally the sound wind, yeah. of the sea, is what he? Why isn't maybe he's and assuming so, this is the mother, but it's the drown god. So, saying, so that was where I, I was going to say either it's that, not the mother at all, the seven, because we're not with them. If if it's a god, it's the drowned gods. But similarly, I still think if it is them. It's them accentuating his own beliefs to further push him. Like, no, these aren't, this isn't, They she caused it. Talk yourself into remembering that she did cause it. Because what you, if, like, this voice is meant to be more as his sons, and he's taking it as the mother, the you burned us type thing. Because then Davos goes on to say it was her, it was Melisandre, she burned you, and he's referencing the seven, the seven effigies. Yeah, yeah. He pictured, and this, to, this to me seems like, He's being given the, like, he pictures Melisandre in it, her face, her hair, her everything, her hair, her gown. She came from a shy. She won Selyse and her men for her alien god, her alien god. So, in my book, Selyse's name was spelled wrong. Was it? Just throwing that Typo. out there. Typo! Uh, so, a couple quick things on this. Um, Davos, shit, I forgot where I was going with it. Holy fuck, I just had a crazy brain fart and now I've lost track of where we were. She, uh, um the if you in the books, that's why I was mentioning the typo, is in the books, the only part that's actually quoted as seemingly having been spoken were the you burned us. Mm-hmm. The parts that were like you're not good enough and when it continued further were his internal thoughts. Right. There was never any more right. actual speaking from that point on. And so, yeah, I think that that could definitely be some kind of an echo to spurn him. Well, I just think was... it's interesting that he's getting this burning, crystal clear image of Melisandre, uh, a focal point for his anger, uh, a place to channel it. And so is that just himself? Could be. But, but is, more it, this... is it some godly imparted, right, this, is, this is your quest? This is your target. And I, and then again, that she had won Selyse and her men for her alien god. And then the king, Stannis Baratheon himself. At her urging, he burned the seven. And later, the gods would at Storm's End, including the Heart Tree, a great werewood with the face carved in. And... She, uh, he, the voice, whatever you, he, her work and yours, Onion Knight, you rode her into Storm's End to loose her shadow child. You rode beneath her banner, flew it from your mast. You watched the seven burn and stood and did nothing. She burnt the glory, burnt them all to the glory of her cruel god, and you stood and held your tongue. Even when she killed old Maester Cresson, you did nothing. Nothing. Now, that's so, a wicked callback, because right. that's the fucking prologue of Clash of Kings. And so that, I certainly think, is the guilt. Is, yeah. you know, he's, he's, <laughs> he's got some PTSD. You've over. been meaning to step up. And so it's, it's him justifying what those gods or the, whoever right, right, put right. in his mind. You've She's seen her evil. To, you know, it's there. Yeah. You haven't acted. You are aligned. Silence is violence. Because you have not yet acted. Right. Do something yeah. about it. This is your chance. The sail is close. And in a few moments it will pass him. So Davos Seaworth begins to cry, climb his little rock. Twice he slipped, and his maimed fingers almost failed him, but he managed to cling on. If he fell, he was dead, and he had to live. There was something he had to do. And just like that, that's the turn. And that's yeah. like, this is some Christ-like rebirth of... Well, yeah, that's it. He gets burned, but without getting burned, and he goes... 
and he dies under the ocean. Right. Under the chain. He's here feeling his sins. He's feeling what he's done. Right. The acceptance of Melisandre, allowing her to worm her way in. The king's men. He literally called Selyse's men, the, the, the queen's men, meaning like Melisandre followers. Like he put a label on it, but didn't speak against it. And it's, I mean, one, it's so fucking topical in today's yeah. world, but it's that I didn't do enough and I should have done more. My sons are now dead for it. Everyone I respected and thought good of in Stannis's world is now dead because of it. My king could be dead because of it if I keep this right, inaction yeah. going. And so, yeah, all of a sudden, he's got to live. So he crouched on top of the rock and waved his arms, screaming, Ship! And he can see it more closely now. There's a name on the hole, but Davos can't read. Hmm. So he just keeps nice foreshadowing. Yeah, I really like that little bit. And he notes the uh, the striped hole, which marks it as Lanisi, but he doesn't think it then. Lacini. Lacini. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he sees the striped hole, but doesn't think that it's there. So he's already recognized it as one of Sala's ships. And the crewman, a crewman saw. Well, that's him. it. So I just thought that was interesting that he doesn't. Re- I don't read. But you've been on the fucking ocean. You know how to recognize that this is like a from those types of ships, a pirating ship right. or a trade ship. Not like he's playing coy, you motherfucker. So yeah, a crewman saw him pointed, and then other sailors appeared to gape at him. And the ship's sail went down. Oars came out, and she yeah. turned toward his little refuge. It got as close as it could, and they released a small little dinghy boat to. Go and pick him up. Four men were rowing. There was a fifth in the prow, and as they approached, the fifth asks, "Who are you?" A smuggler who rose above himself. A fool who loved his king too much and forgot his gods, Davos thinks. Yeah. Well, here's your reminder. And I think that's the, that he did love Stannis more than his gods. Is It's funny that he's seeing that and saying it. But we read through the entire Clash of Kings without it ever occurring right. to him. And then there's this now, at the end of this chapter, that realization. Like, I put him above what I worship, and I paid for it dearly. But I also let that bitch do her shit. But he also kind of slipped here by mentioning his king, because they immediately questioned him about that. Well, he didn't. That was uh, He was thinking all that. Uh, oh. Because he says, uh, he, he then goes on, that his throat is parched. And somehow he had forgotten how to talk. It's hard to talk. Um, a vow of silence, you know, uh, uh, repentance of sorts. That, like, I just thought that was super interesting as he well. Hasn't from in, long right enough, from yeah. inactivity ever since he's been on this rock, he's been silent. It's a sort of this was a purgatory for him, yeah, a yeah. sentence. The, of, the questioning of the days kind of could even reflect on like. Jesus going to the desert for 40 right, days. Right, 40 right, 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 right. It could be three days. It could be four days. Absolutely. It could be 40 days. And his, uh, but he says, I was in the battle. I was a captain, a knight. I was a knight. And the man in the ship says, I, and serving which king, sir? And he was like, shit, this could be Joffrey's ship, he realizes. And so he's like, shit, if I speak the wrong name, they'll just turn and leave me. But and like obviously that's not gonna happen. Well, no, because then he's like, oh yeah, the stripe, the the whole is stripe. She's Lanisi. She's Salador Sans. Lacini, damn it. Uh, she's Salador Sans. The mother sent her here. She had a task for him. I mean, bro, the drowned god is the god of the sea. Like, you're yeah. you're you're reading all the. I mean, we're looking at the signs that we want to see type thing. But Stannis uh, lives. He thinks. 
I have a king still and sons, he suddenly remembers. I have other sons and a wife, loving so, and loyal. And this is where, again, that, that turning point. It's I have things to live for. Uh-huh. It's not all that I've lost. I also still have more sons that can still have a hope for living if I end Melisandre. How could he forget, he thinks, about his wife right. and living sons? And, like, hopefully nobody takes offense towards that at this point. He's... It's the PTSD. Oh, yeah, the survive- yeah. Like, he's he's lucky to be alive. He's finally at a point where I mean, I'm alive. If it's godly influence, that could have been intentionally, like, something withheld, you know? Right. You, no, don't, you, need to... you don't think about that. Focus on what you did first so that your shame, you can be shamed enough I to... I think part of it was him also worrying about thinking whether or not it was... Thinking about them because if he dies, right? He now he's also got the guilt of I left them behind without a father. So he shouts back, Stannis, gods be good. I serve King Stannis. And the man in the ro- boat replies, I, and so do we. And that's the end of Davos 1. So Ooh. we do know that that is a Salador San boat. And, uh, so it's it's one of his the, the captains, pirate captains that serve Salador. Davos is on a vengeance mission now. He, his goal is to kill and basically usurp any plans of Melisandre. Yeah, he's Westerosi Batman. And Rattle their cages. Good goddamn, it's a nice, juicy, dark chapter. Dude, holy but shit. But it's such a... it's we- Like I said at the beginning, it's a weirdly formatted chapter where it's like so... There's nothing Isolated. going on, really. It's in a box. And there's yeah. not much it, happening. Uh, Julian actually mentioned in his email, which we'll get to in our small council, that oh. it, it feels like it doesn't really progress anything in the world. We don't learn anything vital about anybody, about anything in the war. We evolve Davos but, as right, a character. It's, it's Davos's growth, which, you know, if it's... Because, of course, we could be wrong, and it could have nothing to do with the Drought and God. That could be the Red Herring. But, but even if that's not part if, of it... Especially if it's this especially sort of rebirth... Thing of he he was dead essentially he drowned and then he washed up and regardless there's symbolism in that of this rebirth and yeah, yeah. accepting where you failed and really embracing your and shame. Realizing Davos wept. Davos wept here. He wept over his Multiple lost times. sons. Yeah, and his lost friends and comrades, the people he looked up to. Listening to Melisandre, uh, I think there were some tears for Crescent in there. I, Absolutely. I, like, his own shame, crying over the I, mistakes he's uh, made. And, I, and a part of him for forgetting his wife and son and knowing that if he dies here, he leaves them. Uh, it, it's I, all of it. And so I think there is a huge... This chapter is incredibly important to where him. he, as he moves forward now, knowing and understanding his motivations. I think looking uh, when this series is all said and done, you'll be able to read this chapter and Davos's last and be like, oh, that yep. this is what the character was a hundred percent. And regardless of if he dies or makes it through the end or whatever, I think this is uh, Clash of Kings. Davos was a whole different Davos, absolutely. And this is a whole new Davos. Who is, I mean, he's still Davos. Don't get us wrong. He, but he's going to be more proactive. He's going to be good through his actions, and he's going to assert that. And it's this whole... I mean, he frees Edric Storm. He defies Melisandre. He's willing to lose his head to Stannis to tell Stannis the truth of Melisandre. And and it's that dedication that Stannis admires in him. Of course you're going to tell me the truth, so I'm going to keep you around. And it works in his favor. And he may be having something to do with Rickon Stark on Skagos, so Yeah, man. All right, with that, let's convene our small council, get to some inductees, some emails, and okay. some shit. Yeah, I like that idea. Cool. <laughs>
small council time. Cool. You got an inductee? Um, yeah, I'm going to give it to lovely, lovely little Shireen Baratheon. Ooh. Because, as we slightly mentioned during this I chapter, uh, he he couldn't read the word uh, that was on the side of the boat, so he was just hollering ship. But she's going to teach him how to read and that absolutely was absolutely adorable though, like plugging that in that Davos yeah. will learn to read because that's pivotal to him becoming hand of the king and so yeah uh, I and it's it. just again it's this he thinks he thinks so little of himself at, not anymore I mean right. it's still probably going to be there there's always that oh, I'm not nobility the self hate yeah but he does learn to fucking read. He's an in, how old? And he l- takes and learns to fucking right, read. Right, yeah. Per- and he allows himself to be taught not only by a child, by a female child. Right. Who suffers from grayscale. Right. He can absolutely accept that he there's things he doesn't know and there's people smarter than him and it, I mean, he was humbled by this rock. What yeah, happened here? Absolutely. And so, yeah, and and not to say, I think Davos before the rock was before, already one of the most humble people. Still around. would have allowed Shireen to teach him, but I think when there becomes a need for it in order to serve his king, it becomes that much greater. And Shireen is incredibly intelligent and charismatic, mm-hmm. and so yeah, yeah. I, so I I'm bringing Shireen too. in yeah. for that reason. Uh, word. Mine's gonna go to the Merlin King. Uh, for his oh, spears yeah. and just all that heavy, heavy ass imagery. I mean, Davos is literally surrounded by the sea. Yeah, I mean, it's fun to get a little tinfoily, and that is very. I, I mean, what else can you do with an episode like that? Like, right, it's and all, so is just there... pointing to things that could, you know, be reaches there, but it's still well, fun that's, to think about. That's the fucking point of view. Yeah. That's the beauty of that chapter is that can just be all human emotion and guilt. In his head. Right. PTSD uh, right. and survivor's guilt. Or and... in this world, there absolutely could be something under the waves. Right. And again, whispering I, to I him. point out the the patch face stuff. Like, right. This motherfucker. Is, is, does he have two agents now working? And like, it's fucking. I just love it because it's the what and if. Oddly enough, both happen to have very. Ties to Shireen. Ties to Shireen yes. Baratheon. And I mean. Who better to hook up than Shireen and fucking Rickon? Right, dude. Like, King and queen of the north uh, and, and that's, the south. And that's going off of uh, a theory Nate and I have heard before. I don't know the original source, so I can't credit it. But uh, that patch face is trying to get Shireen to steal her away under the waves, I think is what you were referencing. Or at <sighs> least get Shireen away. No, I don't know what I'm referencing. Just the fact oh. that these two happen to might be servants of the, the right, drown right. god and both happen to just be very close to her. One of my favorite her. is that... Patchface is waiting for a time. Uh, I mean, I'm aware of it's the It's thought but... that well, it's when Shireen reaches womanhood that he'll steal her away so that she can be wed to a merfolk of sorts. But maybe, yes. who knows? Maybe Rickon of... is actually the actual Warg that intended she's supposed to be. plan for who knows? Shireen. But who knows? Tinfoils are fun. Yeah. So yeah, the Merlin King for me, if that means the Drowned God's sick. Anyway, we did get some inductees from you guys, which we love, and we hear, we'll hear first from our favorite French fry, Julian, who says, hello, boys. It's funny. I think it's the first time I'm quite happy to read a chapter that doesn't really have a reason to be here. I can't wait for you to prove me wrong on that. You know, Julian, we actually agree. There, There is no real purpose to it other than to define Davos, and so... I mean, I guess his endgame will tell us the true purpose of it, how, mm-hmm. how important Davos ends up being. But doesn't mean I didn't like it, he says. 
I heart Davos, and I've been delighted to get into his mind again, especially in such a time of crisis. But those few pages don't make the story go forward. We don't learn much about the war, except he supposes Stannis is alive. And it's not confirmed, is it? He doesn't know, right. He, it's not confirmed for him. and hasn't yeah, he doesn't know shit nece- It has been confirmed for us. We do know Stannis retreated to Dragonstone. Right. Um, Sure, we learn that Davos himself makes it out, but George R. R. Martin got me used to having a character, uh, to having a later surprise than just picking up the st- story of a character right where we left him off. Anyway, it's hard to pick an inductee here, even though there are different possibilities. I'll go with Onion Rock. Yeah, it's not its actual name, and it doesn't seem much welcoming, but it still saved our Davos's life. So yeah, have a nice one, friends. Valar do Onioneris. Onioneris, yeah. Good. Thank good you, Julian. Inductee. I really actually do like the rock being inducted. I love the whole symbolism of the rock. Yeah, it, it's, it's it's a really cool His idea. legacy and his tombstone is just such a whew of a line. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Julian. So we also did get an inductee from Karen, and this will be the first inductee for her part two of the hey. Storm of Swords chapter emails. And so Davos won, my poor beloved Onion Knight, as he's sitting there alone on his islands, he really can't think of a good reason to live. He knows they lost the battle and he lost his sons and doesn't even know if Stannis is okay. But it is nice to know it's autumn. Hey. It's always nice when we get the passages of time. Hey. I suppose we could have thought about that when I was mentioning... Whether it was lining up with Jamie and Kat's chapters, if it's, but I'm pretty sure it's all right in autumn anyway yeah. there. So, yes, seasons aren't that <laughs> short. But anyway, the gods beneath the water have been waiting for me, he told himself. It's past time I go to them. Just breaks my Davos loving heart. <laughs> he has PTSD and Survivor's Guild, and he was so sad and down on himself, he almost didn't wave down that ship. Plus, he doesn't even have his luck. Her inductee, even though they're not named in the chapter, the Stannis-worshipping sailors that picked Davos up. I mean, who else could it be? One true king. So, yeah, it is, uh, again, it's not um, Salador San himself, but it is representatives of Salador. Yep. They bring him back to Sally's ship next uh, chapter Where for Davos. Davos declares his intent to kill Melisandre. Yeah. And Salador tries to talk him out of it. It's but pretty cool. It's, it's a great. It's a great, because Davos is consumed by his rage. Davos too, yo. Karen, thank you for writing in. in. We yeah. love it. We will we've got plenty more to come, so make sure you write in if you joined uh want your inductee joining those ones on the I just want to keep talking about Davos. I don't I know, know why like this have, episode yeah. it's so good. But um, we yes, uh if you want to write in to us, we are on all the socials. Who's our next chapter? It's gonna be Sansa One. Sansa right, duh. Yeah, Sansa duh. One. So her first chapter mm-hmm. and uh Man, this is since the announcement of Marjorie Tyrell coming to town right. and and getting the hairnet and getting the hairnet, the right? Wedding. Yeah, because she does she get invited to go speak with somebody with uh, the Queen of Thorns? Oh yeah, she's going to talk to Marjorie and the right, Queen of Thorns. Right now, in this yeah. One. So yep. we get to meet Marjorie and, and the Queen left, of Thorns uh, and left and right. Don't forget about oh, left and left right, and dude. Right. We get so many yeah. good introductions. So, so get us your fucking introductions. Give us the socials. Oh well, I'm gonna write our email first mm. without manners brotherhood at gmail.com. and you can get us all sorts of cool stuff there. Long form letters, inductees, funny jokes. Ha <laughs> um, We have some Reddit posts that get sent to us. Sid, we see you. Yes, over there. Sid. Thanks for the uh, the update with the free fall. Yeah, but, it's okay. Yeah. Uh, I haven't rewatched it either. <laughs> we get it. We we understand. Um, you can also find us on the socials. Nate's on Twitter. I'm Nate, third person. <laughs> Nate's That's on cool. Twitter at Manners Without Zach's on Twitter. Carstark ninety two. Kind of. Yeah, he's not really. Uh, there's a an Instagram at 
Manners Without, yeah. same as my Twitter. And then our Patreon, patreon.com slash withoutmanners. Facebook.com slash Brotherhood Podcast. I know they're all kind of jumbled and stuff, but, you know, we don't make a ton of money off the podcast, so it's kind of hard to afford to change things up the way we would need to. Sucks to so, suck. You know, we've stuck with it this long, so come at me, bro. Uh, but the gods beneath the waves have been calling us for quite a long time, so we should go, and we will catch you guys on Sansa 1. Valor to Harris. Peace. Peace.